0: Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Rugby Pod. I'm Andy Rowe. Big Jim and Goody are with me as usual. We're going to take a look back at all the premiership action from the weekend and the return of fans on Monday night. And the European finals are on this weekend. So we've got friend of the show, former La Rochelle and current Toulouse fly half Zach Holmes joining us ahead of the Champions Cup final. So turn up the volume, open up your cloth, and make sure you've subscribed on Spotify.
2: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com.
1: How's your week been, boys? Great. People asking where you were, Jim, on the weekend? Well, we can come on
3: to
0: you in a minute, Andy Rowe.
3: Yeah, he just—he was just desperate to get that. And we were going to ask you, Andy Rowe.
0: <laughs> well, let's ask him now.
1: Uh, Andy Rowe, how did it go at the weekend? <laughs> what time did you get? Let's let's get it out of the way. I didn't win it. I got an hour 25, which is... Uh, Still half an hour better than what you did
3: last time. For context, the listeners, you did the eating Mass triathlon, didn't you? Sprint yep, triathlon.
1: I and uh, I was on the I was on the bike, and um, one of the lads was asking where Big Jim was. Quick shout out to Will, who I bike around the uh, cycle league with, asking if uh, Big Jim's leg was actually a blown calf, which I'm sure it wasn't.
3: Hold on a minute. Andy wrote, in all my years of competition, when you're competing at the top level, when you're in the middle of a race, in a in a battle man on man, you ain't got time to talk to the other competitors, mate. You ain't working hard enough, clearly.
0: When you're at the back, if you've listened to his time, there's the, once a race is <laughs> done, mate, it's done. Once you've got no chance, you just cycle at the back with Will and you're asking where Big Jim was. I'll tell you where Big Jim was. Enough of you. I love a week, lads. So on Friday, I was on a plane. Can you believe no. it? Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Ibiza. I was on a plane. Unfortunately, not. No, it's similar in terms of um, excitement. But once I landed in London to interview Maratoji, the excitement wasn't quite the same as being in Ibiza with the Koveskis or Andy Rose Stagdu. But nonetheless, I was on a plane. Very weird. Um social distance, but don't social distance. You can take your mask off when you have a drink of water because apparently it's safe to do that. But as soon as you've had a sip, you need to pull your mask back on. Um all very weird, but nonetheless exciting. So that was on Friday. Saturday did the big one. And Drew, the big one. Hashtag always Edinburgh against Glasgow. Don't know if you saw it, but it was actually a good game.
3: I didn't see it. No, that's right. It was at no. the sixteen forty two. Mickey Mouse Cup or something, was it?
0: As well, it was the eighteen seventy-two Cup, but it wasn't the eighteen seventy-two Cup, if you know what I mean, because they've already played that. But they're trying to get the games, isn't they? You've got the Rainbow Cup with the South African teams, but the South African teams aren't playing any other team apart from the South African teams. And the (laughs) South African teams aren't playing each other because they've been cancelled or postponed. So that's not happening. But apparently there's going to be a North versus South. So a pro fourteen north and a south african the winners of however that all works if you can unravel the da vinci code they're going to play a game in europe the front runners at the minute andrew are who do you think in the northern hemisphere well i can tell you james it's benetton
3: yes it is (laughs) ever since your uh documentary they did out there they went to shit and then they binned off the documentary and now they're three from three. I think they've beaten Zebra three times, haven't they? So There I mean, you go.
0: You know your ruggers, so you even know more than me on that set. <laughs> you probably knew that I was going to ask you about you knowing and me knowing that. But yeah, that's right. Benetton are front runners, mate, to represent the Northern Hemisphere um, in the Rainbow Cup finale. But Andrew, before I get on to another couple of other things that I wanted to talk about off the back of Andy Rose walking sprint triathlon, absolute embarrassment, I had a pulled calf. <laughs> <laughs> the lid is looking on point, not mine, obviously, yours, Andrew.
3: Yeah, yeah, I've you know, seen the hairdresser again. It's Pubs are opening, indoor pubs are opening now, so you don't have to go and freeze your tits off outside. So I thought I'd get the lid done. We had an interesting weekend, actually. Friday, uh, we took the twins to their first day of school, like an induction afternoon it was, because uh, they're starting school in September. And first and foremost, I can't believe how quickly that's gone. Secondly, I just kept keep saying sorry to all the parents, sorry about that. Um, yeah sorry for that just blame the nanny it's her fault she's she's taught them to do this
0: well she's effectively bringing them up
3: yeah. <laughs> basically they've gone into and they've gone into this new school they're going to where the nursery is and we we stayed with them for a couple of hours and my two have just gone in there and they're just dominating the space any toys they want they're just going up to other kids taking it off them because they're twins they've got so much confidence and especially Olivia, is so leery, I'm just going around apologising left, right and centre for her behaviour because she just thinks anything that she can have, she can. Um, But yeah, uh, we were at New School Friday, so I needed a few drinks on Friday evening, got the lid done, gone out for some food and um, yeah. And then I was working Saturday up at Leicester.
0: Well, Andrew, we'll talk about that game, but I just wanted to go back because you mentioned the Twins and them being quite lively and... um... You know, characterful, if that is a word. A good old government state school will sort them right out, won't they, Goody?
3: (laughs) I'm sure a school like that, James, would um, straighten them out a bit, but so will the school they're going to go to. But they are very leery. And I'm looking at some of the other kids who are the same age, and they wouldn't leave their parents' side. They're, like, hugging onto their dad's legs and saying, no, I'm, I'm shy. My two... I'm just like that. I'm so sorry.
0: Helicopter parenting. Not the helicopter itself, but kids who <laughs> hold on to their parents. What? I know. Yeah. I don't know. I read it in a book somewhere. Beck mentioned helicopters, and I was like, what? What? Do I, or I know one helicopter. That's it. She's like, no, helicopter parenting. No idea what you're talking about. But, Andrew, normally we give shout-outs and stuff at the end of the podcast, as we know. but And we normally look back to what we've done over the week. But I've got to look forward, right? Because... I've got a couple of big things in the pipeline, right?
3: And a couple of big things aren't your calves, because they're fucking tiny.
0: They're actually a lot bigger than you thought. But Paul Gustav (laughs) said to me, he was actually shocked with the density of the calves, quote unquote. (laughs) anyway. But I wanted to look forward quickly. So there's a couple of things in the pipeline. Me and Andy Rowe are sprinting up Ben Nevis in June sometime. But before that, now I had to get my calf right, because I've got a cycle challenge with me... And my best mate, FNL Mike. And the last time me and FNL Mike were on bikes together was the Tour de FNL for his birthday where we didn't realise that you couldn't drink alcohol and ride a bike to 30 pubs and do a pub crawl on it. But anyway, me and FNL Mike on the 4th of June are doing a charity ride, Andy Rose. So I've got to stay fit. Edinburgh Castle to Windsor Castle. So Mike's cousin has got a brain tumour, right? And he's got to pay to have alternative treatment over in Europe. So anyway, they're raising money. Uh, on the GoFundMe page and Edinburgh Castle to Windsor Castle. Castle to Castle, get it? So they're going to stop at every castle. So I'm going to do the first leg. There's a £4,000 mountain bike, Andrew. I know you like mountain bikes. See what I'm trying to do? I'm trying to encourage you to get involved here. Um, So anyway, anyone who wants to know about that, go to gofund.me forward slash 24221981. I'll post it on social media, but I just want to give them a shout out quite early because they're trying to build a bit of momentum. You can find out how you can win a 4,000-pound mountain bike, Andrew. Isn't that exciting?
3: It is. So 4th of June, you're cycling all the way from Edinburgh Castle down to Windsor Castle, are you?
0: Well, I could go from Edinburgh Castle to the other castle in Edinburgh. I don't really know. Um, ah, <laughs> I <could>, I, <laughs> oh, there we go. Either way, it's castle to castle. But I wanted to give f and Mike a shout-out. I know he's been training. You think you look haggard, Andrew. You want to see me, mate, f and Um Mike. They don't call him f and for nothing. So um, a <laughs> bit of a shout-out to him. Get on your bikes. That's all I'm saying.
3: Yeah, and on Saturday, I was up at Leicester commentating on uh, the Leicester versus Quinns game uh, where Leicester physically dominated Quinns. I think Joe Marlowe was playing. I don't know. I didn't hear a lot of him. Tried to give some banter to Ellis Genji and then two minutes later, Genji scores. So um,
0: what about Genji though? Is it like is he out of contract or what? Because
3: he is monstrous <laughs> <in> people. <laughs> so it's quite ironic. You know, Genji had a big game to be fair to him. And there was a stage in the match where Genji was sent to the Simbin. Dan Cole was sent to the sim bin, Um So they took off Namani Nandolo to bring another prop on. And I thought, first and foremost, I thought, don't take Namani Nandolo off. Just get Nandolo on the scrum boys. It'll it'll increase the weight tenfold. Uh, But Nandolo's come off for a rest. And as they go back on together, I've looked at Nandolo and I've looked at Genji as they're running on next to each other. And I'm like, Genji looks like a 14-year-old boy stood next to a grown man. And then... Genji was just monstering people left right and centre he's posted a few pictures of his arms that look massive and all in my head all I've got this vision of at the time I thought he looked like a 14 year old boy stood next to Nandolo but what a game from Genji um, yeah so hard he was abrasive he, the yellow card it, it is a yellow card because of the way uh, it's been refereed now a shot to the head In a clear out, you know, some people saying it should have been nothing. Some people saying it should have been red. He came back on, and then I'm thinking he's going to explode here. It's only going to take Joe Marler one second to wind him up, and he's gone, red card. But no, Genji then powers through about 15 tackles, scores a couple of tries. Scored a try from a tap and goo when Matt Simmons was trying to hug him up high. I mean, just get your head down there. Um, Leicester dominated them physically. Uh, Quinns were, they came back in the last sort of five minutes when they started chucking it around. Leicester had taken a lot of their boys off with one eye on the Challenge Cup final this Friday against Montpellier um, and Quinns came back into it with a bit of magic from Marcus Smith. But yeah, Leicester were dominant, very dominant actually. It was a big performance and it, exactly what you want, A, to get into the top eight. Leicester moved up to sixth now off the back of that um, because obviously the qualification for the Champions Cup next year is the top eight. So they've got one shot at doing it that way, or if they win the Challenge Cup on Friday against Montpellier, they qualify for the Champions Cup next season that way. So uh, it was a good win, and uh, you know, a good old school Leicester performance. It just reminded me, of you Jim, you know, carrying that A team on the Monday night when we played for the first team on the on a Saturday, and then we used to come and watch you boys on a Monday night at Welford Road.
1: How good was it seeing fans back on Monday night? Three
0: thousand fans at Ashton Gate, even thought it seemed like there was more there. Maybe because we've not heard any any of them. And they were just roaring like bears, weren't they, me old barebacks? But um, I thought it was great. <laughs> the, the game, I can't work it out whether or not it was really good, really interesting or shite. And Maxwell Keyes even called the lads out of the scrum and said, look, we've got fans at the stadium. Like, they ain't come here to watch this. And he was right. But I mean, to be fair, I'm glad they moved it to Monday Neat. Like, like we said, Andrew, I'm well aware of Monday Neat football. And... Uh, Local derby, well, imp- I'll be honest, right? I tweeted it. It could have been eighty. Po- Bristol could have had eighty points on that scoreboard, yeah. right? With the amount of tries that were disallowed. Gloucester, from where they've come from, right at the beginning of the season and all the turmoil they were under with, you know, the coaches and all that drama around Daddy Cipriani or whatever. They got balls. I'm telling you now. They and they've yeah. got a, you know, an undercurrent of guys like Ed Slater. Lewis Ludlow. Ludlow, hard as fuck. Yeah, like they've got these guys that are in that team, like Billy Twelve Trees fronted up as well physically. Played very well. Played very well at 10. You think they could have just folded. And, you know, when they went down to 13 men and you've got a scrum on your own try line, right? And you've got Semi, me old Semi, who is absolutely shredded. Um, and you've got Piertau and you've got Mailings on the wing and you've got just talent littered everywhere. I, you know, I saw enough in that part of the game at that given moment where they held them out and, uh, you know, Pietau was held up, not the ball on. I don't even know what happened. There's so much that was going on and so many dropped balls over the line and held up that I actually saw enough underbelly that I think Gloucester are going to be all right. Bristol, I mean, what do you take from that game, really? You know, is it an over-arrogance? I didn't see Pat Lamb's interview after, but, I mean, it was oh, embarrassing. Yeah. So, so, was it embarrassing it was comical, I think, comical it, it, yeah. it was yeah, it was hard to work out, but I mean it would go back going back to the fans' bit, I mean it was quality to see fans back in and Bristol fans as well, what having not seen their team as good as they've been this year live, I think it was class for them
3: and they they they, they were quality Bristol, even though they spurned about eight chances, and some of them were down to great defensive work from Gloucester. Others were, I mean, Charles has done a Freddie Burns, hasn't he? We love Freddie Burns. He's loving and living his best life in Hawaii right now. I mean, to tell his social media that, every two seconds there's a, a new picture of him in Hawaii. And why not? Because he's been locked down in Japan for quite some time. But Piatow's just jogging in, isn't he? I think it was Moyle that came back and knocked it out of his hand as it, before he'd even put it down, but over the try line. So, listen, this Bristol team, when you've got Chris Vui running it from his own 22, dummy in about 15 players and then putting Piato in for one. They got the lot. They could play any which way they want in terms of chucking it round. We've got Sheedy doing round-the-back passes. He was quality. Um, Jorin was on fire as well. Um, you've got the worldies of Randranger and Piotr. N- N- Nalango's got to come back as well. He's a deadly finisher. What they need to, is just sometimes a bit of temperament and you get to, they're going to get to a, a home semi-final. So it depends who they're going to play against in the semis. You know, they if a team stands off them and I've noticed it's going to be Quinns or Sale whichever one it's going to be who's going to go down to Ashton Gate both those teams are trying to come with a bit of line speed if it's Sale then it's a different proposition because Sale nutted out a victory down there and knockout rugby isn't about the razzmatazz necessarily Quinns will play a similar brand to Bristol but perhaps not quite as explosively but you know Against Exeter in a final, against Sale potentially in a final or a semi, where you've got to muscle up teams and you know you're not going to get some soft edges a lot of the time. You've got to be way more accurate than they were. But they're a great team to watch, aren't they? Um, and all I'm thinking is, I just keep going back to you, Jim. Going, you were questioning their salary cap, weren't you? Why are you being horrible, Jim? Just let them enjoy how good they their are. Salary
0: cap. All I'm questioning now. This is a shout out, but almost a call out as well. Nathan Hughes, he's got a blue mop coming out the back of his head.
3: <laughs> well, he's doing it, I think, to raise awareness. It was Mental Health Awareness Week last week, wasn't it? So it was. that was the reasoning behind it. But just watch Nathan Hughes. He loves looking at himself on the big screen. He does. He spends, he spends the majority of his game either barreling people over and then watching the big screen and thinking, oh, yeah, look good. And then he'll say, turn to someone to try and say something, look back to the big screen. Do you think they caught that? He's one of them players that loves the camera and he goes looking for it as well. So, um, Danny Kerr is one of them as well. I don't know why I'm calling out Queens players. <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Nathan Hughes takes some stopping.
1: Just going back to the impact that fans make, having them back in the stadium, do you think they make a, made a difference in Newcastle's win over Northampton?
3: Yeah, I think they did. But also... um Saints, what are you doing? What's happened there? Two weeks ago, Saints are right in the mix for the top four. They've lost at home to Gloucester where they got their pants pulled down. Then they've gone away to Newcastle. Games that you actually think are nailed on victories if you're a top four team. And it all came down to one scrum. It wasn't a great game. The Newcastle fans made a big difference in terms of the noise. But anyone that gets a chance to watch some of the highlights, have a look at Newcastle's try in the second half. And basically, watch. You want to see a scrum go in reverse? Oh my skates! They're on roller skates
4: like
3: Northampton scrum. It was their own put in. They got driven back about five or six meters off their own ball, and then Newcastle score in the corner, and that was the difference. It wasn't a great game, but Newcastle are very dogged up there.
1: This the top four done and dusted now, isn't it? With Northampton losing.
3: Yeah, hundred percent. And the fact, the fact that Quinn's got two points in defeat at Leicester, it, something miraculous would have to happen to Harlequins, lose all three games, um, and Saints win them all, which, you know. Let's hope.
0: Let's. Ho- oh,
3: God. <laughs> Why oh. are you being horrible, Jim? I can't believe Quinn's are going to be top four. Well, they are. Actually, do you know what? I um, I met Billy Millard after the game uh, on Saturday. What a lovely bloke, uh, first and foremost. And I forget, it's such a small world rugby. He's like, oh, Andy, do you remember when we met in Australia and He was coaching Sydney University years ago, and I I went to watch a game out there when I was on tour with England. He's like, oh, we're having a chat. I had no recollection of, I was probably on the piss, so I probably didn't even have a recollection of being at the game. But uh, yeah, Billy Millard, lovely bloke. uh, And Quinns, they've made some moves. They've got their coach lined up, I think. That'll be announced over the next couple of weeks. Who? I don't know.
0: If you were to say, who do you think it might be? Give me a hint, and I'll say it
3: know. I don't know. I generally don't know. I've been why racking my friends. That? I was like, why is smiling like, then? I was like, go on, Billy, let me know. And he's like, nah, mate. It's one of two. And I'm like, you know who it is, don't you? He's like, yeah.
0: I thought they'd keep Nick Evans.
3: They're looking for more of a... Because there's a difference, isn't there, right? So Billy Millard is overseeing rugby operations at the minute. And he's just letting the coaches do what they do. But, you know, a director of rugby, head coach slash rugby operations manager, you've got so much stuff away from the field to do which Nick Evans isn't going to want to do Nick Evans is an Adam Jones and Jerry Flannery those boys are on field coaches proper decent coaches that have got so much experience around the game of winning losing you know different areas of expertise contracts and recruitment and all that stuff it's a whole different job isn't it
0: who do you reckon though come on
3: I don't I generally don't know Connor O'Shea's coming back you what <laughs> No, it it wouldn't surprise me if Conor O'Shea goes back there, but I don't think it's him.
1: Well, the battle to qualify for the Champions Cup looks like it will probably go to the final day with a load of teams still in contention and Wasps, Goody, are still in the hunt. How? How?
3: Mate, we're in the top eight now, pal. Um, Yeah, a massive victory over Worcester, who haven't won a game since October or something. Jeez. Yeah, it was... Mate, Wasps actually started all right. Uh, I think they got 13 nil up, 13 3 up, came out after half time. Worcester dominated them for 15 20 minutes, took the lead. Then Ben Morris gets sent off uh, for a, a shot to the head of Ollie Lawrence, which, you know, Dan Robson's had a bit of a moan about it because he thought they've seen yellow cards for uh, them, similar tackles, seen red cards. It, I think it's a red. Um, but they just went back to goo, Jim. Went back to the goo, the driving goo, the driving line out. That one in the game, uh, Brad Shields played very well and they're back in the top eight. So um, Worcester, and I said it last week, Worcester haven't won a game since the first game of the season. They've announced today that Johnny Bell's leaving Glasgow uh, to go to Worcester next year to be the defence coach. And he was a hell of a defence coach at Gloucester. So, um, yeah, things are looking up for Worcester fans in terms of performance. Uh, but unfortunately, not in the wins column because they lost another game, although it was a close game. But Worcester in the top eight now. So uh,
0: it was Ashley's fault. Yeah, actually, sport, he didn't, he,
3: didn't, he yeah. didn't play again, I don't think. But yeah, we well,
1: yeah, but his influence, his negativity on the team <laughs> is just bringing them down. <laughs> in Sale, ground had a good win at Bath on Friday night as well, didn't they?
3: I thought you were playing for Sale, Jim.
1: Which one? Who? Where?
3: Well, they gave 20 penalties away in the whole game. It might have been 21, it might have been 22. And I just thought, Jim suits that team. Just give penalties away, yet you still win
0: it is quite comical isn't it actually like you're looking at our sanderson's interviews after and it's you know can you carry on in this vein or is it going to come back to bite them like a shark
3: oh get you see what you've done then
0: got my analogies are they're back they're back of course um we've mentioned it before with our sanderson going in there, the culture the shift the ki-
3: the south africans like it's
0: not a, it's, it's not it's not a fluke the south africans it's not a fluke Is it? It's not a fluke that he goes in and you know you get a spike and and, and that's it. And if any team has got an opportunity with their defence and the resilience that they've got, and the South Africans against the Fijians, I mean against Bristol, um (laughs) Sale got a real opportunity. However that however that the Prem finishes that top four, big fan of sale. Don't really know what to make of Bath, except they're getting rid of the best players at Mercer. Trey Bazaar.
3: Did you see AJ McGinty through the legs? I mean, I My couldn't word. do that. I can do that physically, probably because the belly's hanging down and also you wouldn't get it through the legs with the piece. But AJ McGinty at speed through his legs creates a try. Weldy. The zip, you mean. Not not the, <laughs> yeah, the zip, the bum bag zip.
1: Okay, let's have a look ahead to the Champions Cup final now. And it's an all French affair between La Rochelle and Toulouse. How do you guys see it panning out?
3: I ain't into it as much. What? Um, Yeah, I know. I can't wait for it. I genuinely can't wait for it. Really? Yeah. Yeah,
0: I'll obviously watch it and it will obviously be absolutely amazing. But I I like seeing a Pro 14 team in there or a Prem team. Like that's, you know, that's kind of like my go-to every week will be, you know, a few of their matches. So it would be nice to see it. The French semifinals that we saw and the quarterfinals were absolutely village. And that's my worry is that we're going to get something like that. I hope we don't. I hope La Rochelle just be like, fuck it, lads. I don't know how you say it in French. Fuck it. Um, And they literally just throw everything at it and just play the most unbelievable style of rugby we've ever seen instead of a tactical kicking game. Now, the way that La Rochelle play, I, I can't see them doing that. But there's a chance they could do that because they'd go into their shells. They think they need to play a certain way. Don't give the ball to Cheslin Colby. Don't give the ball to Untermack. Don't give the ball to Joe Takori, who's 56 years old. And, you know, Jerome Kano, who's, who's on his final swan song. But I like Toulouse as well. But there's a part of me, the romance in me, with Ronan O'Gara, with where Lara Shan have come from, the fact that Toulouse have got history in the competition, so maybe I am. Look at me. I'm talking myself round, lads.
3: There you go. Jim. You're looking forward I to it now. I can't wait. I can <laughs> wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's, it, for, for me, I used to commentate a lot on the the top 14 games when Sky had the rights over here, and unfortunately, no one's got the rights to the top 14 anymore to play those games. So I enjoy the French on French games, although the semi-final. Toulouse against Bordeaux was absolutely shocking. Um, and the picture that I did raise of Marchand uh, with his shoulder to the head, he's been banned, so the skips ain't there. I, I fancy La Rochelle, I do. Um, I know Toulouse have got a few injuries. They've got worldies, no doubt, in DuPont and Colby, who can win a game out of nothing, and Tamak as well. But I just still, that semi-final game that La Rochelle played against Leinster, and you do think, did, is that their final? You know, is it the England World Cup when they beat New Zealand in the semi and then didn't turn up for the final. You worry if that's the case. But when you've got big Willie, little Willie, size 23 boots, you've got Bottier if he's fit. Dylan Lades at fullback. You've got Raymond Rule, um, Victor Vito. They need Bottier
0: fit. They need, well, Victor Vito as well. because they need Bottier. That's yeah. like, for me, the the player which I've seen, where, like a semi-round Randra, you're like, this lad is spectacular. Spectacular. Yeah. Um, and he's there. I know they've got X-Factor players, like you mentioned, uh, Big Willie, Little Willie Skelton. They've got some quality players, uh, but Greg, for me... Gregory
3: Aldrete as well, Scotsman. Who's all right. So, yeah, they've got player. you know, again, I always think back to, and I said it before, the semi-final, Ihear West. Is he a 10 that's going to win you a game? Well, he proved it in the semi-final. Yes, he is. Um, so, I just, I don't know whether that's a weak link. Never been overly enamoured by Kerbalo at nine so you know du pont his battle what with... are
1: you picking on all the kiwis oh mate yeah, i don't know
3: no, i'm not i'm No, not i'm just I'm just. he's jealous of the row of us of, of us you're a scotsman jim <laughs> it's, it's actually, fuck it. you're english you're english you just weren't good Zealand, enough to play fringland so <laughs> yeah hamilton dunedin full of scotland people
0: invercargill they drive shit cars like they do in scotland Mate, i'm effectively a kiwi <laughs> yeah
3: fair enough um so they got Bruce Dillon at fullback as well, um, who's a you know a outstanding player. So you like you said, Jim, you do see some French games that are dull as ditch water. Um, so you hope it's not that way. But then, has there been many finals that are unbelievable spectacles? You think back over all the finals that we've seen. Some are. I mean, Exeter's final last year was was pretty special, wasn't it? Uh, you know, in them beating Racing, that was a great game. You hope it's something like that. I'm excited to see it because it's the crescendo of a, an amazing competition that you know we've we've both been involved in over the years, both won, and it's an amazing spectacle. And there's going to be 10,000 fans at Twickers. Who do you think? I'm going La I,
0: I'm going to, to lose. Not just to be divisive, just big game. Big game. They've been there before. This is like a stepping stone for La Rochelle. <laughs> if Botti is playing, if he makes it through, I might change my mind. But yeah. as it stands right here, right now, on Tuesday, recording the pod, I'm going to lose, not to there lose.
1: Get it? Well, Gertie, you mentioned that you boys have both played and won European Cup finals. Any guilty? Any uh, <laughs> big memories that stand out? Uh,
3: my memory was when we played the 2001 final for Leicester in Paris against Afonso. We were in the amateur underdogs. Era. That was the amateur no, no, era no, back then. No, it yeah, wasn't, it was. mate. Yeah, was no, nah, it wasn't, mate. <laughs> Two thousand and one, mate. I, it was pro. I was twenty-one years of age, wet behind the ears. Uh, didn't have a clue what I was doing. Didn't have a clue about how to manage a game. Luckily, Pat Howard was playing outside me. It nearly kicked off as the boys were running out, so we came out first. They made us wait. Darren Garforth sweating like you wouldn't believe because it was about thirty-five degrees that day. Dorian West is sunburnt already from the warm up. Um, and then eventually say come out all the lads, all our team, start walking towards them as if it's going to kick off before the kick off. Oh,
0: lads, eh? The old school. And honestly, like
3: Jono's Johnno, there, raring to go. Darren Garforth, itching his skin and oh, he's ready to have a go. I'm at the back like a 21-year-old kid. Shit myself. What's happening here? Hair or no <laughs> hair? <At this laughs> point, have you
0: got no, I had hair.
3: No, I had hair at that point. I had hair at that point. I hadn't blown off the back yet. But I was shit myself. I'm like, what am I doing playing the far- Champions Cup final at 21 years of age? And then it's about to kick off before the kickoff. And you'll see me miles at the back just going... I was probably trying to talk to Jordan going, what are we are going to do, mate? I ain't throwing any punches here. So uh, it was a great day, though. And we ended up, no doubt, drinking all the way through the night after we'd won it. And a few boys were scrapping. Uh, of course, they were on a boat going around Paris. No idea. I just remember we drank for about three days, uh, responsibly. Who's going but, on a
0: boat? Who's going on a boat in Paris? I thought it was in the centre of France.
3: Mate, we had a boat trip on the Seine um, after winning it with the cup. And... Just, Leicester, mate, boys are scrapping. You know what it's like, Jim. Back in the day, you win your scrap, you lose your scrap. Basically, you scrap,
0: which is effectively winning <laughs> in the Leicester <laughs> eyes of old. Yeah, it's you know, it's the same. You were wet behind the ears at the age of twenty-one, Andrew, and you were kind of you know taken aback by the bright lights. It was similar to me. It was <laughs> similar to me in Edinburgh. Yeah, I mean, ironically, my last game was the European Cup final.
3: What a story. Really, it's like you like
0: You go out on your own terms.
3: Your last start was against Claremont in the final.
0: No, I was on the bench for 20 oh. seconds. But <laughs> it doesn't matter. The story goes, my final game, ironically, with the amount of blood, sweat and beers, tears that I spread out across the Murrayfield Stadium in Edinburgh, that I actually retired on my back, looking up at the sky thinking... I'm a two-time European champ- champion, ladies and gentlemen. And albeit 20 seconds, we'll accelerate that to four or five minutes. Um, that was call one it 40, game, mate. Right. Call it
3: 40, Call it 40.
0: Let's just call it 55. Let's round it up. <laughs> so I've played 55 minutes in the final game of my career. And... We won the European Cup. Now, it's one of them where... I know I get called John Terry. I posted a picture of it on Instagram this week. And that was actually the year before in Lyon. But nonetheless, they're pictures that get a lot of likes, Andrew. You build your profile by having these moments. But yeah. I'll be honest, if I didn't get on for them 20 seconds, I'd be a different man. I probably wouldn't even be here, lads, today. I wouldn't be doing the podcast today. I'm a different man for doing it because I earned that 20 seconds. <laughs> to this day... There ain't an ounce of embarrassment of me being on that pitch for the last 20 seconds. The game was unlosable. As Mark McCall said, get everyone on but Jim. When it's unlosable, just
3: <laughs> Send get him, him on. on
0: there. So it was unlosable. I was on. And weirdly enough, it was like, I we could take the piss, whatever. It was right. It felt right. It didn't feel like I shouldn't have celebrated like I did. And for anyone who saw the pictures, we're going back a bit overall, ground. I knew it was my last game. Normally, humbly, I'd be at the back. I'm obviously six foot nine with heels, so I don't want to get in the way of, you know, like anyone else's glory. Fuck off, not this time. <laughs> <laughs> the cup is next to me. Owen Fowler's behind me. And I'm like at the front with my hands in the air like that because I knew it was my final moment. Marketing, it kept me in the public eye for the next year at least. And uh, they're great... You know, the Euro- European, Andrew, as you know, you've had some unbelievable experiences in them. It's, it's like the Six Nations and the Lions Tours and all these things. The romance and the history in it, it's wicked to be a part of that.
2: This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Majorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend. You can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24 7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions all apply. See website for details.
1: Well, we can have a chat now with a friend of the show and a man who's perfectly placed to give us some insight into the Champions Cup final. Former La Rochelle and now current Toulouse fly half Zach Holmes joins us. How are you, mate?
4: Good, mate. Cheers for having me on again.
3: Friend of the show, mate. Oh, those budgies? You've got Jim's face. No, my Jim's face, my body. It's just a horrible combo, isn't it?
4: Yeah, I need to get him out. It's sort of <laughs> started. It's threatened to warm up here and then it gives you a couple of warm days and then you're like, oh, yeah, turn the corner and it's about raining again. But, no, nah, looking forward to getting them out.
0: Do you think with them budgies that... um Cheslin would know who we are when he looks at them will he be like yeah that's Jim Hamilton the legend from the rugby pod and that's that bloke Andy Goode who had no hair who's now got hair Would he know or not do you think
4: I haven't worn him around the, around the club so maybe uh, I should, should get him out there and see see what the reactions are
3: the Frenchies love a bit of uh, budgie smuggler, do they? I'm sure they They have to wear them to the swimming pool, don't they? You're not allowed to wear shorts over there. So you could you could sell loads of them.
4: They're pretty big around the Toulouse boys, actually. They've done a few custom ones. Um, so there's actually, yeah, most of the boys are running around with some and they've got, I think, give a discount for the Toulouse boys. So, yeah, there's... Some- Quite a few
0: running around. I need to put about three pairs of rugby socks down there. To be honest, I look horrendous, <laughs> horrendous in a pair of budgies, and it's nothing to do with the legs or the belly. It's it's, it's cold. Normally, when I put them on, it's about minus five yeah, or six. That's, so that's, that's that's my
4: problem
3: too. <laughs> so how are you, mate? Obviously, a huge week uh, for the club, for yourself, for um, you know European Champions Cup finals. Don't come around too often. Um, how are you doing?
4: Yeah, it's a big big week for the club. Um, something that since my time being my fourth year it's something that you're made aware of the history um with Toulouse and the and the uh, European Cup um it's something we haven't had much success over the last 10 or so years two semi-finals the last two years and now to be in the final it's where the club wants to be and thinks it should be and it's it's yeah it's a big game this weekend and I'm it's a big game for the city, but it's, yeah, it's not going to come easy.
0: No, it's not, no. And it's class to see Toulouse back in the mix. I mean, me and Goody speak about one of our favourite clubs. But for you personally, mate, how are you with your injury and stuff like that? It's kind of like a bit sweet thing, I imagine.
4: Yeah, I, um, yeah, I'm, I won't, not playing. I'm, I've sort of, I knew sort of when I did it in the game last week, um, it didn't feel good. Um, sort of got confirmation uh, yesterday. So now my, my sort of, Timeline going forwards to try and get back for the top 14 finals. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, I've had a few days to sort of dwell on it now. Um, but, yeah, it's sports, rugby. I've played in a lot of games this year and I'm grateful for that. Um, been able to play in quarterfinal, semifinal, even uh, in big games, uh, game against Munster. So I'm grateful for those go those opportunities. And I'm sure what the, the 23 that go out there will... Um, yeah, we'll get the job done this, this weekend.
0: Yeah, how is it, Zach, as well, with, with that? Because if you boys win at the weekend, now I've been on the flip side of this. When I was in the final, I played 20 seconds and made sure that I enjoyed every second of it because being on the pitch, the difference of being on the pitch and not being on the pitch, uh, I felt was huge on my journey. But for you, having been a huge part of the club, you know, if they were to win it at the weekend... Will you be right in the mix, front and centre, or will you just kind of stay somewhere at the side? And I know we're not tempting fate here. I'm just kind of putting it out there. If it is to go as well as we hope at the weekend for you,
4: oh, it's, it's quite a strange dynamic. We're quite limited on like the teams, how many numbers they can get there. So I think we might only have like 50 with all players and staff. So I don't think any of the injured guys, from my understanding, will be will be going. So it's going to be a very small group that um, goes to 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 England. I think that's the same for for La Rochelle, Montpellier, so they're quite restricted in how many guys, so yeah, unfortunately, like, the injured boys, yeah, we won't even be there, so we'll be, I think they're trying to, we're organising something for all the injured boys, and there's quite a big group of us at the moment, you've got UJ, gitu, um, plus, yeah, there's probably about 12, 13 guys in the um, the the infirmary at the moment, so, yeah, it's, it's more disappointing that we can't be there to support as well, but I think for me, personally, it's, it's, I I missed the top 14 final a few years ago through injury as well. Um, So, yeah, it's it's a bit of a double, double blow in that regard, but that's just sport and I sort of understand that.
3: Well, the reason Jim asked that question is because when Saracen's won it and he admitted he played 20 seconds, he literally, it was like he was lifting the trophy. Um, He got himself, he got himself right in the middle of the picture. But, just for some context, obviously, you played against Bayon at the weekend and that was your 25th game of the season, wasn't it? So, you know, you've grafted throughout the whole year. You've played in the majority of the games. Um, are you a little bit... Because they made a few changes, didn't they, to the, to the starting team? They played some of the younger boys, but they needed some older heads in there to still try and get a, a result. Did you not say to Ugo, come on, boy, I've played 25 games already. Uh, I need to rest up for the final.
4: It's, it's difficult now, looking at hindsight. I felt good going into the week. I had no problems playing. Um, we lost a few more in the too long game. I didn't play in that the week before had a few more injuries in the backs. Um, so to be honest, we didn't really have too many other guys. Like there was other guys arrested that are playing this week, but there wasn't too many other options that we could have played. And it was still, we, we lost the game to Bayon on the weekend, but it's still important in our season to, to finish in that top two. It's quite quite packed in the the top six in the top 14. So to drop that game last week's uh, yeah, is a bad result for the club. Um, and yeah, for me, yeah, doing it, you know, I did it in the 75th minute. Um, yeah, it's, oh. it's, it's pretty devastating. Um, but insane, I could have done it training.
0: You mentioned the injuries there as well. Um, the captain, Julian Marchand as well. Marchand, Marchand? Marchand. Marchand. March- 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 Marchand.
4: Marchand. Sorry, I just said it like what? a
0: there. March- Marchand. March- <laughs> March- Let me just say it again. Julian Marchand, uh, he's suspended oh, as well. well. Who, who are the leaders in the team at Toulouse? Like, we're talking about one of the biggest teams in club rugby history. So when we look at it we look at the superstars obviously and we can chat about them you know you Cheslin Colby's of the world and you know Untamak as well and who I'm sure is a leader but like who's the backbone in that Toulouse team that are leading the charge
4: I guess du has taken over that that leadership since he's come into the team you've got the older heads you've got oh, you've got Jerome Kano you've got Joe Tacori two of the old, two oldest guys in the in the group who so much experience uh, Jerome doesn't say too much but when he speaks you listen and i guess joe's just more that that spiritual leader just he's able to get the group together so well um and just be able to just bring that enjoyment out i guess um in terms of the french boys you've got the pont who's taking probably more of a leadership role on guys like francois cross as well who's um had now he's got some international experience starting to take more of that that leadership role with the in the forward. so there, there's a good balance between the foreign the foreign guys, the older foreign guys, and some of the younger French guys coming through who've now got some international uh, experience and and more, I guess, comfortable um, taking some more leadership role in terms of the group here in Toulouse.
3: That's one of the best things about Toulouse at the minute, isn't it? You've got some. Unbelievable quality French players that, you know, obviously DuPont and Untamak and, and those sort of guys. But littered in with that is the likes of yourself with some, you know, international experience in super rugby. You've got the Arnold boys, um, you know, Joe Takori. How old is he? He's about 46 now and then. He's still trucking yeah, he's- in every week and a uh, monster people.
4: Yeah, it is. I, I think the dynamic of the group, it's probably a little bit different to other teams, but it, it works really well. Um, I think, yeah, with Joe Slotty, I haven't seen him miss a session since I've been here. And it's what, like four years now. He's He missed, hasn't missed a session. He plays every game. He, he's, yeah, he's last to finish on Saturday night. He's first in there Monday morning. It's just like, I don't know how he does it, but yeah, he, I think he's just the epitome of, I guess, just a, that leadership. Cause you just, you just see him and just how he's always there. He's always present. He's always working and and guys want to follow that. But I think that's something in our group. We just, we we do change our team a lot. We lose a lot of guys to the French team, they come back. The dynamic of the group changes quite a lot from week to week. But it's just about we know what the style, the system we want to play, and everyone buys into that. And that's I think what makes this club so great. We have we bring that through the the Academy, the Espoir boys and, and they play, play the same way. So when they need to step in, they know what they need that, that with the style that we want to play and what and and what we need to do.
0: Yeah, you mentioned Anton Dupont there and we've got to chat about him because he's, you know, a bit of a global sensation at the minute and he's taken the game by storm, it seems. Everyone's talking about him as being the best player in the world at the minute. What's he like to be around? Does he like all the glitz and glamour that that goes with it? Because I imagine being in Toulouse, well, I heard that and Colby when I spoke to Jerome Jerome Kano said it's just mental. What's it like for Anton Dupont at the minute?
4: Yeah, he's naturally quite a a quiet quiet guy. So I think he just makes he expresses himself on the rugby field. I think for me, you just see what what he can do and just how confident he is at the moment. I guess I came to Toulouse at the same time um that Antoine arrived. So I've sort of seen his progression, but even when he arrived, I, he, his his level then was was still very high um when he was playing a cast. Um and now it's just to another level and I think most people would would believe he's the the best nine in the world and I still think he can continue to grow his game um which is scary but I think he's just becoming all round and even if you play him at 10 or you can put you can put him anywhere in the background I think he he would dominate so he's got freakish uh athletic abilities but just the way he reads the game I, I and I guess like when you see most of his tries it's backing up and he's just in the right spot at the right time but that's just his rugby instinct I think he's his ability to know where the ball is going to be and to position himself is second and none. I think that's why he's um, taken like where he is in sits in the game is because of that.
3: He sounds like a bit of a hybrid between you and me, Jim, Because freakish <sighs> physical abilities, that's you. And then reading the game like no one else, that was me. Maybe, yeah, maybe but not. Quite maybe, quiet, maybe. But quite <laughs> quiet. But quite quiet doesn't like the Bears. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Tell me then about training, because, you know, when you've got DuPont and you've got, Cheslin Colby, you've got a back session, you're playing touch. I'm just thinking, just get on their team and you're definitely winning. Is there a bit of that that goes on or is it you know a bit of fun? Do the, the top boys get split up a little bit?
4: Usually they just divide the group in half, so it's just whoever grabs the bibs first. You see those boys grabbing the bibs, you just try and get in as quick as you can.
0: <laughs> I'm more interested in the glitz and glamour. Zach, I'll be honest, mate. Talk to me about Cheslin and Colby then. Uh, I ain't bothered about the final at the weekend. I just want to know, is he a good lad? <laughs> How famous is he? He's obviously loaded as well, but surely there must be something bad about this guy or not. Like, surely he's just, like, not he's a great Harry team back. man. I, Harry,
4: he's anything. got Harry's. give us Harry, no, something. No, hair. He's no hair on. He's, Oh, of course he, he does.
0: moisturising. Of course he does. I mean, yeah, he's unreal, eh?
4: Oh, it's... He is he, the same as Sam and Antoine, Like they're both like really quiet, humble guys. I guess as I said before, they express themselves on the field, but off the field, they're just easy to get along with. There's not, there's no, there's no ego or anything there. They they want to get better. They want to take their game to another level. They know they're not they're not the finished product. They know that there's stuff that they can work on to get better at. And I think that's what makes this team go so well. We we don't just that. No one just sits on their the laurels. I guess we're just trying to make sure we're pushing each other, trying to and trying to win stuff. To lose is a club that that wants to win, win titles. They want to win. We want to win Europe. We want to win um, the top fourteen. So, um, and now we're in a position to do it. And that's what this club's been built on since it's. Um, beginnings and it's good that we're back at, at that stage now but I think it brings all the players through as well the more success the team has the more success the individual will have as well
0: with Cheslin I spoke to Jerome Kano and I'm obviously a bit of a fanboy. so if you can go out with one of them in terms of you get into the front of the queue as in like I do in Edinburgh and all the boys are following me like who's the pied piper in Toulouse out of them two so who are you walking down with it's like I'm Cheslin's mate or I'm Antoine's mate
4: I'm probably Cheslin just off the back of the World Cup. Well, I think he's probably got a bit more, bit, bit of Rock Nation as well. He's probably got a little bit more street. Cred, <laughs> I
0: more, yeah, is. yeah, <laughs> yeah, Rock Nation.
4: I hang out more with Cheslin generally, but I think Antoine flies a little bit more under the radar, but. I wouldn't mind just going off his coattails
3: as well. Uh, Let's chat about La Rochelle then because, um, you know, a lot of our listeners will know about the top 14, but you actually started when you first came over at La Rochelle and you were part of their initial journey, weren't you? You finished top of the top 14 uh, when you were at the helm at 10 before you move over to Toulouse. It's been a, a phenomenal journey for La Rochelle as well, hasn't it? Promoted... Kind of not so long ago, and then all of a sudden they're in the Champions Cup final. But there's been this progression. There's a lot of changes happen at the club. They've got a massive team, haven't they? You got a bit of insight. Is there a bit of banter going on between you and a few of their lads before the final this weekend? Because you'd have played with a few of them.
4: Yeah, it's a, it's great for the club first of all. I think it's a. I didn't know much about La Rochelle before I came to France, um, and then just arriving in the city. It's it's an amazing rugby play rugby town. Like the supporters, just every game, just. Make um, the noise that they get in that stadium. I've never ha- haven't heard anywhere else. And I think since I've left to see them continue that that growth into where they are now and one of the strongest teams in France. I think it's it's great for the club and great for the the city. But yeah, no, I'm still quite close to quite a few of the boys. Quite a few of the boys. I mean, I'm getting married at the end of July, so it's quite a few of them coming to the wedding. So they might be uninvited if they um, win this weekend. But no, it's um. <laughs> Nah, it's, it's it's good for all them I think um I just just the style they're playing as well I think it's just really attractive rugby to watch um it's the game against Leinster is probably one of the best rugby games I've seen in the last last few years just just what they were able to do to Leinster. watching that was yeah quite special I guess especially being from there but to miss this opportunity to play against them and I think to lose La Rochelle games over the last three four years have are always quite quite entertaining so I hope that's the same this weekend. Well, I'm
0: actually hoping that Lara shall win the match now because it I means think. that some of the lads can't go to the wedding. I love a yeah. wedding. I I've love got... a stag do. I'm <laughs> stag happy do. to come. My need. <laughs> my need <a> <laughs> but I've lost. I've lost, lost all my Australian,
4: all our Australian guests. <laughs> um, so, we, we haven't got too many people coming here
0: anymore. Stag
3: day—that's all we care about, mate.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I—I'll get walking. But uh, Zach, as well, look, just on the La Rochelle and the kind of influence of guys like you. I know I'm going to call you a foreigner, but you're now a French citizen. We can talk about that after. But <laughs> Ron O'Gara, John Gibbs, the kind of it, Sean Edwards with France. The, these foreign influences on these teams now—you know, you Finn Russell going to Racing and, and and the kind of foreign influence that they've got in their team now it seems to have changed the face of French rugby with all due respect. We know the talent in France, the talent pool's huge, but I think now the owners going out with what they know in in the kind of French mould of coaches has just added significantly more quality and professionalism to the teams and you've seen that with La Rochelle.
4: Yeah, I I agree with that. I think, um, yeah, I'm watching La Rochelle and just seeing how Ronan and Jono set up the team and the detail and it's definitely more, I guess you would say English than, than traditional French, um, but there's been a shift in that. I guess with quite a lot of the French teams over the last few few years, in, or in terms of having more detail. But the way that Ronan, I guess, who's running the attack, is able to set up based on probably his time with the Crusaders as well. You can see some similarities similarities with that. Getting their, oh, they've got some phenomenal athletes. Um, and able to get the ball in their hands and, and play through the line, try not to, I guess, um, create too many rucks and just play standing up. But I think, yeah, that shift with, yeah, more and more so Anglo-Saxon influences has helped um, French rugby. There's not going to be a total total change. You need to keep that, I guess, that French flair. You want to keep that instinctive side. Just adding more detail and having, I guess, a bit more accountability with some decision-making stuff has, I guess, helped um, minimise the fluctuations in performance, I guess.
1: All right, Zach. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show, mate. Best of luck uh, to, to lose this weekend. And on a personal level, you're hammy. And hopefully you get another chance to lift some silverware in the top 14
4: later in the season. Cheers, boys. Thanks for having me on. Cheers, Zach. Tell us what I was asking
1: for him. Cheers, mate. <laughs> Tell
4: us asking for him. Cheers. <laughs> top, Thanks, man. mate. top Top bloke
3: yeah he's a top bloke Zach got a lot of time for him um I feel inferior I'll be honest when
0: I see him on zoom now I'm a I mean it's we're recording slightly later I look slightly older I'd say I'm maybe a a seven out of ten tonight he's a straight eight or nine he's a straight nine uh, (laughs) he's a nine nine
3: and a half he is mate nine and a half
0: I'll be honest when Carl Ferns was on. I was peacocking. <laughs> when Zach Holmes is on, I'm literally falling in my seat and I'm hoping the misses don't walk in and see who am I speaking to. So I uh, feel for him though. Hey, that's yeah, shocking. Hey. Awful. Get get an before the final, and uh, it was class of him to come on and, you know, in what would have been a tough week for him, not not being picked to play because of his injury.
3: Yeah, he's a, honestly Zach is a he's a proper bloke. Yeah, devastated for him that he's going to miss the final. Uh, and interestingly, I tell you one thing for you, Jim. I thought about you the other day actually because friend of ours Um, is got a he's got to take a test to get the UK citizenship and he's just done his French test Um, and we were going through we're chatting over the phone they were like oh look try doing a UK citizenship test to see if you know any of the answers I had no clue about being an English or a British citizen for the test that we do. Imagine doing it in a foreign language as well. Imagine trying to learn stuff I'll pass. about France. <laughs> <I'll be laughs> mate, mate, no chance. So uh, yeah, um, he's, a, he's a great bloke and uh, fingers crossed he gets fit before the end of the season and they're in a, another final that you can play him.
1: I need to have a chat about the Challenge Cup final, too, because your old club, Leicester, are up against friend of the show, Philip St. Andres Montpellier. How do you see My that My old, old club? Mate, no, divided loyalty.
3: Divided is for you, Jim, is it?
0: No, there's not. No, no.
1: You've got a hell of a payout from Montpellier, <laughs> though.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's an interesting one because Montpellier is so up and down, but you saw, again, they win a the semi-final away at Bath, showing a bit of resilience and a bit of forward power. You just don't know which Montpellier team are turning up, do you?
0: I don't think it matters. I think I think Leicester, I can't believe I'm saying this, from where they've come from, are way too good for Montpellier. As yeah. in, way too good. From what I've seen with yeah. Montpellier, I know friend of the show, Philippe, and we've got Alex Ozoski there, and probably a load of other lads that listen to the show and absolutely love it, but... For me, the way that Leicester have played <laughs> yeah. and the way that they played at the weekend and their big game players like Genji, Jasper Visa, they've got some quality players. So
3: they're, they're abrasive, Leicester. You know, they've got that gnarly edge back to them. And I just think like tactically as well, whoever they pick at nine, whether it's Ben Youngs or Richard Wigglesworth, yeah, they're worldy of experience for both of those two players. George Ford played really well at the weekend at 10. That a boy, there's a spirit. Oh, I'd just be honest, mate, isn't it? Um, you know, the... the they do have, Montpellier have got X-Factor players that can, can win them the game. But for me, yeah, Le- Leicester, the, the form they've, they've kind of grown into, and a lot of it's based around some tough, hard South Africans. Um, you know, we've seen a bit of bite in in some of the players. Tom Youngs has been quality um, as well for them. You know, I think everyone expected Montoya to be the big player at hooker this year, but he's out injured. So Tom Youngs is, you know, you know what he's given and it's his... Maybe one of his last opportunities as, as a club captain to lift a trophy. So, I think, yeah, Leicester at, at Twickenham, with the form they're in, I you know, I'm expecting a, a Leicester victory on Friday. Neat.
0: Me too. Makes sense. Leicester at Twickenham. Just sounds right. I'm going for Leicester.
1: Well, let's finish things off with the good, the bad and the ugly.
3: Yeah, there's a few bits of good to talk about this week. Uh, we're going to start off with some great news, actually. A guy that's been through the mill from an injury perspective. Gareth Anscombe. Now, Mm. cast your mind back, uh, you know, I'm on my first week kind of off crutches, but Gareth Anscombe, you go back to 2019, the summer of 2019, it seems like a lifetime ago, pre-pandemic, pre-World Cup, when he did his ACL for Wales at Twickenham playing against England in a warm-up game. He's finally back running and kicking after 650 days out injured with his ACL. Had a load of complications, apparently it was an infection, had a load of different operations on it. How good is it for Gareth Anscombe to be finally back running and kicking a rugby ball? Six hundred and fifty days, Jim.
0: In the Bible, that's a long time. In rugby, that's an even <laughs> longer time. No, I, I feel for him. Like genuinely you know, it's hard. You're one of the standout players in Northern Hemisphere and you know, injury's not good for anyone, but to be out that long mentally, it must have been really tough for him, or it is still really tough for him, I imagine. Yeah,
3: so great news that he's back running and kicking a rugby ball again. Um, If that was me or you, Jim, our contract would definitely have been torn up. Um, What else is good? Connacht. The mighty Connacht in the Rainbow Cup beat Munster at Toman Park for only the second time since 1986, James.
0: I would have been... Trying to work it two. out. Four. Two. four. would have been four? Two, oh, two. Four. two. Four. two. Four. two.
3: Yeah, three. yeah, two or three or four. <laughs> yeah. In nappies. Yeah, definitely. So tip of the slipper to Connacht for that. Um, let's go over to France. Uh and Bayonne. We spoke to Zach Holmes earlier. Bayon have been in the bad plenty of times this year. They've been garbage at times, but they beat Toulouse away from home, thirty-two points to twenty eight. Yes, Toulouse rested a few boys, but a massive victory for them. Takes them out the bottom two in the top fourteen. Let's go to the Premiership then, shall we? Uh, Leicester Tigers, we've just spoken about them and how they've come in some decent form towards the back end of the season. They've got a final this weekend in the Challenge Cup, but they physically dominated Harlequins at home this weekend uh, to get them ready for the Challenge Cup final. Some big performances, Ellis Genge, Nemanja Nandolo uh, were, were fantastic, as was George Ford. Ben Young's played well as well. So, uh, yeah, some good signs no. for Tigers fans. Uh, what else was good? Sale, we spoke about them earlier in the show. Showed a bit of Northern South African grit to beat Bath down at the wreck, um, even with Jim's 21 penalties that they gave away. Always got to get one of my old clubs in the good. Of course, we have the Falcons. The brave. Mighty. Oh, no, not brave. They lost. They lost. But the Mal- Mighty, Mighty Newcastle Falcons uh, ended Northampton Saints' playoff hopes, winning 18 points to 10 at Kingston Park. Tell the scrum that. Have a look at it. Oh, my god. Um, so, eleven an effort from the Falcons boys. Another bit of good. It, doesn't win the good and it probably should because i've fanboyed him all year round but it was so close and you'll understand why i've given someone else the good in a minute but sam simmons is getting a huge mention in the good he scored a hat-trick against london irish for extra chiefs to break the try scoring record in the premiership for tries in a season by a single player eddie are you watching eddie are you okay sam simmons absolute hero He's broken the try scoring record. He scored another hat-trick for Exeter Chiefs. The tries just keep rolling in for the boy. He is phenomenal. He's on the Lions tour. Make him skipper of something, probably England. Sam Simmons, that is quality. Uh, But the good this week goes to a young man who's not long retired from the game of rugby. Uh, Tom Stevenson, who played at Saints for quite a few years, I'm going to give him a massive shout out. He has done five marathons in five days for Restart Charity, which is the players charity who have helped him hugely since he retired. Uh, He went through a a pretty tough time um, mentally after retiring um, restart and the charities that they work with to help players out there did a fabulous job guiding him through it. And he's repaid them by doing five marathons in five days. He's raised a boatload of money for them. So uh, massive tip of the slipper to Tom Stevenson. He gets the good this week. Error. Uh, bad. A few bits of bad. We mentioned sale. They get a mention in the bad as well. Jim Hamilton-esque ill-discipline. Uh, 20-odd penalties against Bath. They need to fix that quick uh, with the playoffs coming up. Um, What else was bad? Jim, not you, but one of your team's. Edinburgh. Oh, okay. Edinburgh. I
0: thought we were going to say Saracens. They put 90 points on Amp to the poor lad.
3: <laughs> no, we're going Edinburgh. They lost back-to-back games to their nearest and dearest rivals, Glasgow in the 14-23 Mickey Mouse Cup at the weekend. It wasn't even the cup, but it was the cup. What was it, Jim? It,
0: it was it was a, a game that was played at high tempo and physicality because I was
3: there and I saw it firsthand. There we go. Anyway, Edinburgh get a mention in the bad. Um, what else was bad? Uh, Australian Super Rugby teams lost all their games to their New Zealand counterparts just, in the opening round of the... Just, though. Mate, some of them weren't just, mate. Some of them were about 50 points. I only saw the ones that were just. They've lost 5-0. New Zealand 5, Australian 0. It's always nice to hear that, the Aussies. We don't like the Aussies winning things, so... Um, well, i we'll, anyway, so... Yeah, we'll <laughs> stick them in the bad for that. Um, what else was bad? England coaching departures. Now, oh, we, talked, yeah. we talked a little bit about the review of... England's Six Nations that basically Eddie Jones wrote that blamed everything except for himself and just said COVID and you know we need to get stronger in the gym um, they announced this week that Simon Amor and Jason Riles have left their coaching posts so you understand the changes basically Eddie Jones saying it's their fault it's not my fault meanwhile there's Eddie Jones just come back from Japan middle of a pandemic coaching Suntory and this week he was up in Hull coaching and working with whole rugby league team i mean
0: he must be loaded that bloke must be (laughs) not that it's about the money (laughs) it's about development but that that bloke that i was gonna call him a lad that bloke must be absolutely (laughs) rolling in it
3: yeah he probably wants to get his own house in order before he goes off on all these coaching jaunts because um yeah two guys have stepped away from england duties while he's off coaching other people so uh, it's not gone down that well outside of uh, basically Eddie Jones' house, I think. So uh, we shall see about that. But the bad this week, uh, unfortunately, has to go to Northampton Saints. Shocking two weeks in the Premiership. Lost at home to Gloucester last week. And this week, they lost away at the Falcons. Their scrum was abysmal for the try that decided the game. But more so than anything else, they've given up their shot at the top four with two very abject performances. And Chris Boyd is an happy man. So um, unfortunately, Saints fans, you get the bad this week. Uh, then the ugly. Three bits of ugly uh, this week. Mateus Alamano, the Gloucester second row. Did you see it, Jim?
0: Oh, my tip tackle.
3: Yeah, what are you doing? Uh, absolutely no need to flip Stephen Lewa two on his head. Um, I don't understand why players are still trying to lift a leg and, and flip him up. Just get your shoulder well, in there, Some.
0: Well, that's just ridiculous now yeah
3: crazy so that was pretty ugly uh he got a red card for that gregory Fickton gave a forearm smash to the face of Nicolas sanchez for montpellier against Stade francais this weekend so i don't think we'll be seeing him in the challenge cup final this friday um but the ugly this week goes to the keyboard warrior the absolute weirdo why do people sit on their phones and just racially abuse people uh albert tuisui the london irish back rower um announced that he has received a load of racist abuse after london irish lost the game a few weeks back um calling people out on social media what are you doing what makes you think you can sit at home pick your phone up and just abuse someone racially over social media is beyond me so uh that cretin gets the ugly this week shocking
1: thanks goody and you guys got a couple of shout outs to finish off with don't you
3: Yes,
0: I've got a couple of shout-outs. The first one being to a club called The Brothers Third Grade in Townsville, Australia. Apparently, they've put 100 points on Teachers West at the weekend. Who gets 100 points? And I thought 50 uh, was good. But anyway, 100 points is... Well, it's double, obviously, so it's like... 100 uh-uh-uh well that's triple but anyway you know, you know where i'm going uh but they put 100 points on the opposition so they deserve a big shout out well done to all of them in australia hopefully we'll see you soon probably two years wear a mask don't wear a mask
3: yeah a big shout out to them and a sad one for me unfortunately um it's a huge shout out to everyone at dudlow rfc and the friends and family of Stefan anthony who sadly died recently in a car accident uh, he was a very popular player at the club and our thoughts go out to all his friends and family. Big love from everyone here at the Rugby Pod and everyone at Ludlow RFC, we're thinking of you. Yeah, incredibly sad.
0: Um, yeah, so we've got a, a shout out to everyone at Talha. Talha, I'm so Irish. RFC near Dublin as well. They've had the pitches and posts. They use damaged by anti-social behaviour recently and they've started a campaign to try and find a safe and secure permanent space for the club. It's called Talha. RFC, Forever Home Campaign, and they're just looking to raise funds to create a pitch and maybe develop a clubhouse to call their own. So just search Talla RFC, spelled T-A-L-L-A-G-H-T, RFC, Forever Home Campaign, on GoFundMe if you want to find out more. If I was them, I'd just let Conor McGregor listen to this, which he does every week, and he can pay it because he's the richest person in Dublin, apparently.
3: There we go. I remember when we did another shout-out for Talla, and I said Talaked. And I got a bit of banter for it. So, uh, yeah, I hope everyone at Tala uh, can raise some money and get Bono to pay for it. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Gertie.
1: Thanks, Patricia Terman. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube and head on over to Spotify, and we'll see you there.
3: Rugby spot. Spotter pod, 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 pod.